This is the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time to be part of this month's podcast. I'm hoping that these times together impart something great into your heart. If these are meaningful to you and they help you, please take the time to share them as we want to help as many people as we possibly can. This month, I have something really, really exciting to talk to you about. It's an experience that I had uh, several weeks ago in prayer. We have a Wednesday night prayer meeting, and I was leading it. And, uh, and it's an experience that I've really never had anything similar to before. But it, it was meaningful, not just for me, but I believe it was meaningful for anyone in leadership. And so the title today is going to kind of encapsulate what I believe that, that experience was about. And it's basically this, leading in the unseen. Leading in the unseen. How do we actually do what God's called us to do in the calling of our lives? Here's the reality. Leadership and things that you can see is hard, but you can do that without God. You can do that without the help of the Holy Spirit. You can do that without God's direct grace upon your life. If you look at people like Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, I think neither of those men attribute any of their work or their efforts to God's presence in their life. Yet, in a very natural way, in a natural realm, you, you can't dismiss the level of impact and success they've had. But their success is temporary. Their success is temporal. The calling on our lives is to something that will last forever, not just for time, but for eternity. But leadership in things unseen, it's also hard. But you can't do it. You can't do it without God. You can't do it without His grace. You can't do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. The calling upon our life in the equipping of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God upon us is to lead people into an unseen realm. That, by definition, sounds crazy. Leading somewhere that you can't see and they can't see. But we understand the concept in Scripture of faith. In Hebrews 11, says in verse 1, Now faith is the substance of the thing you hope for, the evidence of the thing, of the thing you can't see. For by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony or a good report. And by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which you can see were not made by things which are visible. So the, the realm of faith tells us that everything you see with your eyes was made from the realm you can't see. And it's very important to understand the currency of faith and leading people into the unseen. In fact, we could say it this way. Faith is the currency of the unseen. Faith is the actual ability, listen, to take the substance of God, which is unseen, from that unseen realm and to bring it into this temporal or seen realm. That's the call of every minister. That's the call of every Christian. We have to lead people to actually see the unseen substance of God and not spend all their time defining the height and the weight and the location of the giants of their life. Before I get into this experience, I just want to take a moment, help you pivot. We're living in an hour and a day when Christians, even ministers, even those who are called to lead people spiritually, are spending a great percentage of their time Defining the giants in the land, the political giants, the social giants, the sin-stained giants, the masked or unmasked giants, the vaccinated or the unvaccinated giants, and spending so much time on things that 
no matter what your outcome is in those areas, it will not change eternity. We are called not to lead people into a discussion about the giants, but to do the opposite, to take them into the, into the will of God, the word of God, the power of God, the grace of God, to actually do the work of God in the earth. And when you look at the book of the chapter, the whole book of Hebrews, it constantly is telling us, look back at what happened to the children of Israel as an example. In Hebrews 4.1, the scripture is so powerful. It says this, therefore, since a promise remaining of entering into God's rest is available to you, let us fear lest any of us seem to come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, them being the children of Israel when they left the wilderness, when they left Egypt's bondage. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those that heard it. There's a great doctrinal fallacy in the minds of many Christians is that I pray and I leave it in God's hands. And there there ends my responsibility. But actually, the scripture tells us that if you don't know how to mix faith with what God is saying, then it won't profit you. What God says will fall to the ground and never produce. So what does it mean to mix faith with it? And that's what I want to talk to you about. And I want to take you into this experience that I had. And and, and I don't want to exaggerate it, and I won't exaggerate it, because I, I, I just find it very unvaluable to take something God did and try to make it bigger than it was. God's big enough. But I want to just explain what happened, explain what the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. And then I want to kind of lay that out. And it's my hope in this 20 minutes or so, this 20, 22 minutes I spend with you, to give you a picture of how to lead into the unseen and the consequence when we don't. Well, anyway, we were in the prayer meeting and I don't know, 30, 20, 30 people show up. We're praying together. And, you know, really a spirit of prayer fell, if you understand what that means. Just We were all just praying and, 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 and praying things out of our heart. And, and I was standing on the platform kind of leading the prayer meeting. And, and I had my eyes closed. And to my right, I felt like somebody had walked on the platform. So I looked over and nobody was there. Uh, and so I thought, well, you know, maybe somebody walked behind me, behind the screens, and it was no big deal. It was just a sensing, but I thought it was physical. That happened about three more times, and I kept, I, I was praying, and I sensed that, like, well, who's up here? And it's okay if they're up there. It just, you know, just naturally speaking, I looked over, and I thought, well, well no one's up here. Well, after about the third time, I thought, hey, maybe there's something spiritual to this. So I, I stopped closing my eyes while I was praying. And, and I did what the scripture says, watch and pray. Uh, that's a bad joke. I'm sorry. But anyway, I, I, I turned to that side of the platform, actually walked three or four steps over to where I sensed where, where this person I thought would be walking. And I just kept praying. And I had my eyes opened and I thought, well, if somebody's walking around. I'll see it. Honestly, at this point, I'm still not convinced it's anything other than just I felt like somebody was up there. Well, what occurred is that as I kept praying, that pr- the presence of a, it felt like a person was standing right beside me. And I couldn't see the person. I didn't hear anything. But it, it, and immediately, it was like a knowing in my heart. I could sense there was a, a presence of a being beside me. And I innately knew in my heart, and this is the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, that I knew I was standing beside an angel. I know it sounds odd. 
I could almost feel his height. Seemed like he was up to the top of our screen, which would be about, I don't know, 18 to 20 feet. But I also felt something very unusual, that his arms were crossed. Not in anger, but just in a resting position. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm praying and I'm standing there and I'm just thinking, what is this? What could this... It, it, honestly, I, I, you know, you're praying. You're not expecting something like this. I've been pastoring this church for, in October, 28 years. And uh, this has never happened before. So I've never had an experience even remotely like it. It's unnecessary, but God can do what he chooses. Well, I kept standing beside the presence of what I believed to be an angelic being, knowing that angel had his arms crossed. And I knew innately if something was limiting that angel for him being able to do the work he was sent to the earth to do. And then the Holy Spirit began to speak into my heart. I grabbed my phone and just simply recorded it on my phone. I'm going to read this to you, and then I'm going to walk you through it. And here's my hope in the outcome. Not that you understand some spiritual experience, because that's not what this is about. But you understand the gravity of your responsibility and leadership to take people into a place of obedience and faith in an hour in which Christians are not possessing the land, but they're discovering, defining, and Googling the giants. You never overcome the land by, 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 by looking at the giants and defining where they live and how big they are and all of those different issues. The only way you overcome is by taking what God said and mixing faith with it. Remember, in Hebrews 4, he said, the gospel preached to us of the good news as well as it was preached to those, the, the Jews coming out of Egypt bond, Egypt's bondage. We both heard the gospel preach. He said, however, for those who did not mix faith with what God said, listen now, it didn't profit them. Somewhere around 2 million adults who had the promise of God to enter the promised land died in the wilderness. Two men and their families fulfilled the will of God. Now, most people would look at that today and they would say, well, it wasn't the will of God or more than two people or two families would have obtained the promised land. But that's not true. They did not mix faith with those, with those words. And I'm going to take you into that in just a moment. That's very important. It's also remember, these are not all evil and wicked people. These are sweet grandma and grandpas, kind, good people, the kind of people give you the shirt off their back. So don't misinterpret being a good person with a person who walks by faith. Now, let me just read you what, what came up in my heart as I, I just spoke it in my phone and recorded it. And this is regarding this angel, this angelic presence beside me with his arms crossed. That there would be no division among you and that you would all speak the same thing. So when you speak the same thing, the things that I have said, you will agree with heaven and it will release angelic host. As in the old covenant, God said, my angel will drive out the inhabitant of the land based on the faith or the unbelief of the people, not my will. The angel's hands would either be tied or loose to do my will based on your willingness to obey or disobey. You must all speak words of life that agree with my words and walk by faith and not by sight. And it will release angelic hosts upon your nation. Even now, demonic hosts have raised up their heads to destroy this land. And those under their dominion, those under their dominion are speaking the very same thing. They have become unified. 
But there is a wave of angel armies that will come and minister on the behalf of the heirs of salvation for those who will walk by faith and not by sight. So let me just take our our remaining 10 minutes and just lay this out for you. That there be no division among you that you might speak the same thing. God's not asking for unity of opinion. He's asking for unity of purpose. In 1 Corinthians, Paul wrote, chapter 10, he said, chapter 1, verse 10, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm appealing to you. I, I, I pre, he said, I appeal to you, my friends, to agree in what you say so that there will be no divisions among you. Be completely united in one thought, in one purpose. If there's anything Christians have done today that is more dangerous than anything I can imagine is that they have replaced the mission of Jesus with other things that are more important. Their hearts, their desires, their prayers, their conversations, their posts on Facebook and Instagram, their anger, their rage, their passion is centered around peripheral issues of the giants in the land and not desperately desiring to hear God's voice empowered by him and to trust him to open the doors to bring the gospel to every corner of the earth and to every person today that's trapped in darkness, the same darkness that by the mercy of God I've been, I've been delivered from. And so I want to take you into that. Let me, the, the second part of it was this, that when you would speak the same thing, it would release this angelic host. And even now, though, demonic hosts have been released on our nation. I find it very interesting that the world without Christ today has unified in a way that Christians have not. They have unified on some of the most amazing things that you wouldn't even be able to convince somebody 20 years ago to even consider, and yet they are in perfect unity on the most broken and sin-stained and unimaginable behaviors that they celebrate today, and they do it almost with perfect unity. Now, that may feel like it's a political movement or a movement of a group of people, but it's not. It's a group of people under the tyranny of darkness, a group of people that have been trapped, and they have come together with a a form of unity that is incredible. And as a result, we have seen the release of, of the permission, because remember this, God, the devil, angels, demons, all need a human body. All of them need a human body to find expression in the earth. That's why when Jesus came, the scripture said prophetically of him, sacrifices and offerings you didn't have for me, but a body you have prepared for me. That's why today being called the body of Christ is so unimaginably important. So as the world is unified and empowered demonic influence in the earth, sadly, the church is divided and empowered the very same demonic influences. The unity that we're called to, to speak the same thing, is not to agree on masks and, and vaccines and, and politics. And, and your views on those are what they are. But I think it's safe to say that for many of us, if not all of us, we have been tempted to, to, great, to have a greater passion for those giants or perceived giants than actually doing the work of Christ in the earth. And this is what's critical to understand. And this is what I saw in that experience, that if my people will come together and unify 
about the kingdom first. It doesn't mean that you can't be used of God to deal with issues of inequality or issues of the earth that are unrighteous and, and, and to advocate for those. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means they can't be first. And certainly they can't be first with someone who's called to lead people. You will never, please hear these words, you will never lead people into the realm of the unseen by faith when your mind is trapped in the seen realm, when your thoughts are trapped in the seen realm and temporal realm, when your words and your emotions and your fears and your anger and your passion is trapped in the realm that you can see, it is impossible to lead someone somewhere where you yourself have not been empowered to go. But I want you to see in Hebrews chapter 1, which is such an amazing chapter, chapter 1 and 2 of Hebrews are incredible. The Bible speaks of angels very specifically in verse 14. I don't have time in this podcast to give it context. I wish we did, but we don't. And it says in verse 14 of Hebrews 1, Are not angels ministering spirits sent forth to minister, now listen to these words, for those who will inherit salvation? The Bible defines angels as ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. I find it interesting he didn't say heirs of God, joint heirs of Jesus Christ. He speaks to the issue of salvation. So chapter 2, verse 1, he said, this is why we must hold on all the more firmly to the truths that we've heard, lest in any way we drift past them and let them slip away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience to the words of those angels received a just reward. Now, what's he saying? He's telling us that angels are connected to something, holding fast to the truth. He said, because when you obey the word of an angel, there is a reward. And when you disobey or transgress the word of an angel or, even, or the word of God, there is, a, there is a consequence as well. Let me take you into a couple Bible examples and show you what I'm talking about. Now, remember, angels could not speak independently of God, and they don't today. Anytime an angel speaks, they are speaking only the word of God. They cannot come to you with their own, their own issues, their own words, or their own thoughts. But you remember, of course, Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, and of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus. I want you to see the difference in their response to the angel. You can read this later for yourself in Luke 1, uh, verse 8 through 20, but you know the story. Uh, the angel appears to Zechariah while he's in the temple. He's at the, at the altar of incense. He's a priest. And he, he should know God at this point, right? And an angel appears to him. You see, he and his wife had never been able to have children. And they've longed for that. They've prayed for that. And the angel literally says to him, your prayer has been heard. And he tells him that she's going to bear a son, John the Baptist. And they told him how to raise him. Don't let him drink anything fermented. He needs to be clear-minded. All leaders need to be clear-minded. Uh, let, me, let me maybe repeat that. All leaders need to be clear-minded. You can do the math. And, 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 and then also he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, but he said, but also he said, he'll turn the people of Israel back to God. He'll be coming in the spirit of Elijah, this great, great declaration. And then Zechariah asked the question, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. And the angel said, I am Gabriel. 
I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to you to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent or struck dumb and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which, were, which will come true at the proper time. It's so interesting to me that Zacharias' consequence to not walking in faith and agreement to what the angel said was that God struck him dumb. Now, he wasn't struck dumb with disease. Literally, I believe, literally, an angel shut his mouth. Why? Because it matters what he said. It mattered what he believed. And you see, God doesn't just do whatever he does in the earth sovereignly, independently of his people's cooperation. There are some examples in the Bible of that happening, but not many. And we see people, God's people going into captivity over and over again as a result. Now, in this podcast, I only have so much time. And so this month, I'm going to do something unique. I'm going to end this podcast here, and then I'm going to pick it up, and we're going to have a bonus podcast. And I do that for this simple reason. If I go too long, many people used to a 20-minute time frame won't be able to listen to it. So I'm going to unhook right here, and we're going to pick it up in a podcast that's going to be released the very same day but you now can share it in two separate formats. So I'll catch you next month because there's some great things that I know God is trying to pour into our hearts from his word and through this experience. I'll see you next month. Thanks again for tuning in to the John Nuzo Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to rate, review, and share this podcast on iTunes. It's a great way to get the word out and to help others grow as leaders. We'll see you back here next time for another episode of the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast.